Yeah, do you have your YouTube? You have YouTube? Oh, oh live so you can see it. You are live. It's on live now. Hollywood. Bet yes, your room, and welcome to day three, Tabernacles 2023. Hallelujah. Also, extend a warm hello from Dundee, Michigan, to those joining us on the internet. In fact, if you're here, even in this tent, if you want to dial in on internet, uh, YouTube Live, you'll be able to see the presentation. I see plenty of smiles and faces inside this tent, so uh, I can tell you appreciate the awesome weather we're having. Sunny, well, it's not sunny skies. It was sunny this morning while I was rolling in, but temperatures in approaching mid 80s. That's, I think, that's a record for Michigan in October. Uh, so, thanks, John, for blessing these campers. And throughout the first few days of our fall festival reunion, and I can tell there's some powerful prayer warriors out there that uh, in these tents in a beautiful outdoor setting. So, besides shout out a thanks to Yah for the weather. I want to lift a huge thank you to our host for opening their property to this gathering. And thanks to Pastor Obadiah and Sister Asaph for their planning efforts to bring this festival to fruition. I also want to thank the many unnamed servants who work behind the scenes making Sukkot 2023 pleasing unto Yah and each of us. Hallelujah. Presentation here. Okay, this is uh, 
Kurt Ranger speaking, and I'm grateful to our Heavenly Father, Yahuwah Elohim, for this opportunity to share another lesson on the way. Today I'll continue a series on the Messiah's commandments, words, and sayings by bringing your attention. I bring... Today I'll continue a series on the Messiah's commandments, words, and sayings by bringing your attention uh, to this verse from the Gospel of John, 14.6. It's a declaration of Yahushua. He goes, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father except through me. As with most of my lessons, this isn't so much a teaching as it is a sharing of one of my Bible studies. That highlighted word, way, uh, appears in the Bible over 600 times. That number caught my eye, and it also convinced me. Also convinced me to, uh, excuse me while we resolve some technical issues. highlighted word way appears in Bible over 600 times and the number caught my eye and also convinced me that Yah wants us to learn his and wants us to understand his way so today I'll share some of what I've learned along the way with a reminder to follow our guide as we travel along the way. And this psalm recognizes how important it is for Yah's people. Psalm 8611, and it uh, reads, Teach me your way, O Yahuwah. I will walk in your truth. That Yeshurun certainly knows the value of learning Yah's teachings and obeying what he reveals as his true way of life. And while there's many temptations to return to our happy Eden lives, we're we're, we aren't to get distracted by all that hoopla around us. Indeed, we're to remain steadfast and not turning off this road that's headed to Elohim at the end of our life's journey. I often uh, open my studies with a thought for meditation. Here's, here's a good one. I have a fundamental belief in the Bible as the Word of God written by those who are inspired. I study the Bible daily. Well, that's what I believe. Uh, I can't take credit for that saying. I was surprised that, as you can see there, that's attributed to Sir Isaac Newton. He lived in the uh, 17th century, 1642 through uh, 1727, a British mathematician and physicist. And I'll admit to being a nerd sometimes, but knowing that quote came from a famous scientist got me fired up. Just imagine, Newton was doing more than discovering the, the scientific law of gravity by laying under a tree getting hit by an apple in the head. Hallelujah. He was studying scripture daily. Uh, so much for those who claim people can't be scientists and believe in the Bible. Those who say that, they have it twisted. The word is the truth, and if science doesn't conform to the Bible, the scientific theory is wrong. 
scientists need to go back to the drawing board to find out where their science is misleading them. So students, take heart. You can study science, but believe the Bible first, then the science when it confirms what's written in the Word. This study is built to the... So my slide here should surprise no one. My Bible studies uh, rely on Scripture's canon. In Hebrew, that word is kana, and in Greek, it's canon. So this is my disclaimer. That's what I'm going to uh, put forth in this study. So we're going to read some scripture together. Um, both languages uh, refer to a measuring stick or a reed. In other words, scripture's canon helps us measure ourselves to Elohim standards, which are found in the ancient inspired documents. <coughs> that speak of Israel's origin, history, and future. As Pastor Obadiah has shown us, that word Yishrael is a compound Hebrew word which describes humans, or Yish, who wrestle with evil, Ra, and who survive by holding on to El, Elohim. As one who has had to wrestle with evil, quite often I hold on to the, the word and I get encouragement from its messages. Like this one. Paul's writing to Timothy, a young student, second book, Timothy 3, verses 16 through 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of Elohim and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of Elohim may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And today I'll also reference various uh, verses from the Bible, in addition to the one you saw there. In fact, I generally rely on the, the New King James Version, but when I use another translation, I'm going to note it so that you'll be able to uh, see which one I'm getting it from. Um, and I'll also note some other sources as we go through this presentation, um, such as uh, Strong's Concordance, Smith's Bible Dictionary, and Thayer's Lexicon. Uh, but I also must acknowledge Pastor Obadiah's book, A Word from the King, and I strongly encourage you to get a copy and read it if it's still available in print. Entity identifies over 100 commandments, words, and sayings of the Messiah Yahushua. I also encourage you to check out the, uh, the Bet Yeshurun teaching video website on YouTube. I think this one will be posted on there later, so you'll be able to take your time. Um, today, this afternoon, just focus on listening rather than taking notes. You can go back into a deeper study of the Word later. So let's get into the word with this verse from Revelation 1.3. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and who heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. It's from Revelation 1, verse 3. Note the, uh, the capital of words that are in there. Reads, hear, and heed. So in other words, disciples read hear and heed the word. Uh, anyone in this tent want a triple blessing of Yah? Hallelujah. Well, there's the recipe. Read, hear, and heed. 
the triple blessing right there available to all of us. Uh, in fact, one of the reasons I like to get the at least get the double blessing by reading the word aloud, even if I'm just reading it to myself. My thought is it's going in my ear, and I'm hearing the words too. That's what I'm reading. So, if anyone needs a double blessing, like I do, I suggest you might want to try that. Besides, you don't know who's listening to that word. Uh, and they might get the single blessing. They may just be hearing it. There might be somebody in your house. Um, also, understand the word. When it goes out into the ear, it does not return void. So it's coming into your ear, coming in maybe to somebody else, or maybe it's just going out in the airways. Who knows where Yah is taking that? Um, the, the rubber really hits the road, though, when it gets down to that heating, the things which are in heating the word. And that, that's always a challenge. Uh, certainly, we're going to get into one of the steps, a tip towards uh, being able to heat it. But um, that's when you know if you're really on track and you're going for that triple blessing. And also note that the, the time is near. Scoffers may say that that's what they thought in ancient times, too. In fact, this was written probably over 2,000 years ago, nearly 2,000 years ago. And, uh, and that's what they believed back then. But the, the reality is, they're not around today. So their end did actually come about. And our end is also coming. And while it's natural to focus on Revelation's allegories, there's no assurance that we're going to live to see those end times. But uh, we're, tomorrow's promised to no one, so... Make sure that we, uh, we don't overlook what Yah is asking of us now. And for certain, each day that passes is bringing us near to our own judgment. Today we're going to take a look at uh, one of the messages from John that he sent to the seven churches in Revelation. And uh, keep in mind, John was on that island called Patmos. That his name means Yah's grace in Hebrew. Yochanan means Yah's grace. And uh, he's delivering to these seven churches uh, a message of grace, peace, and blessings. Um, and, and they're in Asia. See the map there. I know I, I always thought Asia was out by China, but uh, my daughter actually has a class, and this is referred to, this area is known as Southeast Asia. So Turkey is part of Southeast Asia, and uh, even though it was written over 2,000 years ago, it's still accurate. Seven churches that were located there are still would still be located in Asia. In fact, let's take a look at uh, his opening lesson it's from Revelation 1, 4 through 6. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who what who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Yahushua Messiah, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his Elohim and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. As you can see, the map there is in uh, modern Turkey, modern-day Turkey. And uh, I spent some time looking at that 
robe. But this uh, just tried to envision how John's letters were going out to those seven churches. And, you know, when I was a kid, I used to stare up at the clouds and the sky laying the grass. So being out here in this setting reminds me of that. And I wouldn't suggest you go out today and look at the clouds. They're kind of dark and not much form to them. But hopefully during these next couple of days, you'll be able to just sit out in the back and just kind of lay down and just think, picture what those clouds uh, shapes are showing. And that's a great activity for young and old at this festival. Um, this this road reminded me of a bell shape. I don't know if you can see that bell in there, but uh, struck me as being a bell, and I was trying to pondering where did I see something like that. I saw it here. This bell shape is recognizable for its crack. I don't know if you can see that. This is the. The Liberty Bell. It's located in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That that crack used to be a small one. That that shows how they were trying to repair the crack. You can believe it. they drilled it out and made made it bigger to stop it from cracking further. It didn't work. It's still going up. It's still cracking. So now they don't ring it at all. Uh, but it's uh, it's a proclamation on there is. Uh, it's a significant message of liberty. And it says, Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. Now that inscription is uh, claimed to be from the prophet Isaiah. So once I saw that, you know, one of my philosophies is trust but verify. So I wanted to say, well, where did they get that statement from in scripture? And lo and behold, they did find it prophet's message, and it was about an acceptable year of Yahuwah. It's in the prophet Isaiah, chapter 61, verses 1 through 2. The Ruach of Yahuwah is upon me, because Yahuwah has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of Yahuwah. I was pondering that uh, passage from uh, Isaiah, and I was troubled by the ones that I've underscored there. Those pro to proclaim liberty to the captives, and then that goes on to say, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. And there's a lot of disciples in this room, and I know we're taught to look for things that say the same thing or appear to say the same thing or differences. And this one was troubling me because it seemed to be telling me the same thing. And going, why would Yah tell us to proclaim liberty to captives and then picture people that are in prison to be captives? So, my spirit was troubled by that. So I, I repeated my search and recalled how Jewish scribes were, were said to have revised the Masoretic text of the King James Bible. And that's that one you read up there first. So I... We track down, well, what's the Septuagint version of, and it's, it's Isaiah, but it's Isaiah, that's the Greek form of it, and it, um, it does read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me. He has sent me to preach glad tidings to the poor, to heal the broken in heart, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind. 
to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. I could see I, I didn't see anything about recovery of sight to the blind. So now I'm in a bind. Got one witness and he's talking about something pretty important, acceptable year of Yahuwah, and I'm not getting all the uh, the points that I feel I should know. I go start digging a little bit deeper and found another prophetic message on the acceptable year of Yahuwah. This time it's coming from Yeshua. And I'll praise the Luke that he recorded it in his gospel. But here's here it is in the uh, from Luke 4, 17 through 19. There was delivered to him, Yahshua, the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Ruach of Yahuwah is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good tidings, that's the gospel, to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captains, captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them, the captives that are bruised, bound, to preach the acceptable year of Yahuwah. And I said, hallelujah, I got the double witness. And indeed, it does talk about giving recovery of sight to the blind. And of course, we know Yeshua was doing that in the physical, but he was also doing that in the spiritual. And uh, there are spiritually blind people, people that can't see his teachings. And I know that's one of the reasons this discipleship group has been formed, so that we can keep digging into the Word and find out uh, what messages Yah is really delivering to us. And then there was one more finish. This is Yeshua, and he closed the book. And he gave it again to the minister and sat down, and the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began to say to them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Well, that led to one more question. And I don't know about you, when I'm reading the Bible, I'm constantly asking questions like, tossing questions back up at Yah or I'm jotting them down in my notes or later looking around. So it's a good habit to get into. Yah is the best place. The Word is the best place to get answers to your questions. And uh, so my question here, do these prophetic words of the Messiah mark a Jubilee year in Scripture? And that's beyond the scope of this study, but it's a great topic to discuss around your tabernacle campfire lot. And here's the message for a church of Laodicea that we're going to get into, at least open up today. Let's dig into this message. It comes from Yeshua, and it was to the to a church of Laodicea. It's in Revelation 3, 14-22, King James Version. Unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of Elohim. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, increased with goods, and have need of nothing. Know you not that you are wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked? I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou may be rich in white raiment, that thou may be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. Anoint thy eyes with eye salve, that thou may see, 
As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and have sat down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. I'm proposing to this group that this message is also for modern day believers. And uh, since I'm back here in a couple days, I'll, I'll continue to continue this study. We'll get into some of those allegories and I'll um, show how uh, we're very similar to the church of the Laodiceans in many ways. And we don't want to be in that group. We're going to be spewing them out. We don't want to get spewed. Uh, but for now, I want to focus on that last verse. And it matters not whether we're among the saints overcome by a beast or die prior to them. It's critical that we know the meaning of Yah's command to hear. So this lesson I've entitled, Pray We Hear. Now I suspect there's already some saying, well, that was written to an ancient church. It doesn't apply to us. I want to get that one right off, out up front here and point out that churches in, in Scripture are, are people. So I want to make uh, my case that the uh, Laodicean message is also meant for modern-day believers. And I'll call your attention to Strong's Concordance, which notes that the King James translates Ecclesia, that's G1577, and Strong's as church. Does that 115 times. Also calls ecclesia three times. They refer to them as an assembly. I know that's our name here. We're an assembly. But uh, let's dig a little bit deeper into this. There's a couple, a double witness for you that uh, Thayer's has it described correctly that. It, church really is a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into a public place or an assembly as well as those hoping for eternal salvation through Messiah. But hallelujah, that, that certainly sounds like the assembly that I hang out with. So, so here's some, uh, what are some of the highlights in that, uh, if you've got it on YouTube, you look at where those people are gathered. If you notice, they're not inside that building. They're all outside. There's women out in that uh, outside there. There's children. There's men. So um, I want you to recognize that uh, it's a body on the side. It's 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 his entire body, and they're not hanging out in that. It's a pagan temple that the artist depicted there. Um, Acts 19:39. You consider that uh, this is. It's in Scripture, it says, But if you have any other inquiry to make, it shall be determined in the lawful assembly, the ecclesia. So that's why these people would get together. They were, uh, if, they were if there were questions, you'd gather in a group like that. And there would be uh, scholars of the Word in that group, and they would no doubt give teachings, much like we've been going through during this tabernacle festival. So these gatherings are great places to get questions answered. We have an opportunity to, to meet and just uh, 
hang out with uh, some of your elders, your brothers and sisters, and just kind of talk about spiritual matters. And then you've got uh, Obadiah is hanging out here with you. So see if you can catch him. Quiet time if you got any questions. Um, in the Colossians 4.16, another great passage. Now when this epistle is read among you, see that it is read also in the church, the ecclesia of the Laodiceans, and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. So see those those letters were, that, that epistle means letter, so those uh, letters were moving around that road, and all those churches were interconnected. So you know why we think uh, we're kind of alone at times? We're really not. Yah is moving more of these churches around than we even have uh, an inkling of. Uh, well, I don't know how many of them are celebrating tabernacles today, but uh, I'm convinced Yah is building other ecclesias. And there's, you're going to see more festivals being kept like this one. Now, which people gather for the word to worship Elohim? In a word, it's assemblies. We see that in Joshua 8.35. There was not a word of all that Moshe had commanded which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel with the women, the little ones, and the strangers who were living among them. So there you go. You see it again, a second confirmation. Churches, assemblies, include women, children, even strangers that are interested in hearing about the word and wanting to know whether they can join up and, and become members of the community. So it's not uh, a one-off deal where we're all off wandering around on the road by ourselves. Yah intended this to be a community effort where we're helping each other. And that's awesome for me to see all the help that goes on even in this tabernacle with all, all the teamwork and the cooking and the cleanup. And just, uh, it's a beautiful picture. And in fact, I don't know if you can see that. That's out in the desert. There's all kinds of little tents around that tabernacle. It looks just like what we have around here. Now, they don't have their, their tents aren't as fancy as the one you guys are in, but uh, they were all around the tabernacle, and that was Yah's presence. Found another reading. This one speaks right to this festival that we're celebrating. Second Chronicles 7, 8 through 10. At that time. Solomon kept the feast seven days in all Israel with him, a very great assembly from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of Egypt. And on the eighth day, they held a, an assembly, a sacred assembly. They observed the dedication of the altar seven days and the feast seven days. And on the 23rd day of the seventh month, he sent the people away to their tents, joyful, glad of heart for the good that Yahuwah had done David, Solomon, and his people Israel. Highlighted that for you because this is uh, day three, which uh, means we've got five more days. So be patient with the, each other, keep sharing your spiritual fruit, and helping each other out, and always be joyful and glad of heart because that's how they were celebrating, that's how we're going to celebrate this tabernacle. So the Father is, oh, in fact, i got one more thing up there I want you to see. That word, kahal, um, in, in Hebrew, it's H6951. 
it means assemblage, uh, an assembly. 17 times I found it. So it's coming out of Strong's Concordance. It's a, a congregation. I just like the way uh, it sounds. Kahal. To me, it sounds like call. Father is calling his assemblies of children. As you can see on this slide. And uh, Rishon, Revelation, verse 322. He who has ears, let him hear. And that word in the Greek here is okuo. And that means give ear to a teaching, comprehend, understand. In Matthew, so uh, if, you, if you've been walking the way for a while, you know that phrase is likely well known. That, should, that shouldn't shock anybody to hear that one. That you should all kind of already know how to translate that into, into what he's saying there. Um, but nonetheless, I always think it's wise to go back and just periodically review Scripture and just get a confirmation of something that we feel we know. So I want you to be confident that you really know what he's talking about when you hear from the Messiah. He who has ears, let him hear. And in fact, uh, he elaborates a bit more on it in Matthew 7, 24, 27 verses. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Of course, he's the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. You know, living here in Michigan, you know, we can kind of relate to people that are building their houses on sand. You know, it, you know, uh, we're going to start hearing about it probably as soon as the fall rolls around. There's going to be houses rolling into Lake Michigan because they're too close to the, the water and they're, they're built on sand. So that picture really ought to uh, resonate with you just because we can see it in our communities not too far from us. But that um, he's telling us to put our house on the rock. Because if you don't, he's giving fair warning way in advance. Rain is coming, floods coming, winds are coming, and your house is going to fall. So now's the time to get on the rock. Let's keep getting on the rock. So I had a question. Does Yah's family hear? Shema, Yisrael. Hero Israel. That word in uh, Hebrew is Shema, H80, 85. It means to listen to and obey. So, uh, again, it's a Hebraic concept that shouldn't rattle anyone here, but it is more than just hearing, it's about doing. So, in fact, uh, you probably can remember your parents, and, I, and I've said it before to my kids. Aren't you, can't you hear me? Don't you, aren't you listening to me? And what I was saying, I knew they could hear. They got two ears. I knew they weren't deaf, but they weren't hearing. And why did they think they weren't hearing? They weren't obeying. They weren't listening to what I said to do. And that's, that's what Yah is telling us. He's our Heavenly Father. He's saying the same thing to His children. He wants us to hear, certainly. But He knows He's given us two ears. 
He's only given us one mouth, so that ought to be a message for you, too. But uh, he wants you to use those ears to hear him, and then he wants to see you doing it. That's what he's looking for. So um, there's a great passage here in Deuteronomy that uses that Shema. It's in Deuteronomy 6. What do I got here? I got 18, 15. 19. Um, Yahuwah, thy Elohim, will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken, Shema, according to all that you desire of Yahuwah, thy Elohim, and Horeb, in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear Shema again, the voice of Yahuwah, thy Elohim. I will raise him up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth. He shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken, shema unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. So Dad has again put out the big warning. And uh, he wants us to hear. And, he, and, he, and this is a great passage. It was said uh, probably uh, 1,500 years before the Messiah. For he sent his son onto the earth. He says, I'm going to send another prophet. In fact, those are Moses' words. He says, there's going to be a prophet that's going to get among you that uh, that's going to uh, sound just like me. You better listen to him. And uh, so when that prophet comes up, and if you don't hearken to what he says, if you're not building your house on that rock, and that house is these temporary dwellings that we're into. It's the other reason we're out here in Tabernacles. We're to recognize that these are very temporary dwellings, our houses, our yes. bodies, and we're uh, at times suffering maybe for what's going on in our tents, but um, he doesn't want us to be comfortable. That's the, he's trying to wake us up and just show us a picture through this festival that these temporary dwellings are going to pass. They're going to go away. You better, build the, better build your soul on that rock. So I had a question. Will today's believers shema? And Moses, and I found in one of the tough parts of this presentation was figuring out which of those 600 verses do we want to put up about hearing on the way. And uh, not quite that many, but this is a great one. Then Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Yisrael, the statutes and the ordinance which I am speaking today in your hearing that you may learn them and observe them carefully. Now, a lot of people say, oh yeah, that's uh, that's for the ancient Israelites. Yeah, they, they didn't do a very good job on that. Didn't listen to them. Well, I don't know how good a lesson or how good we're doing about them either. So it's, uh, uh, and I don't want to go through what they went through. So let's try and uh, come to understand them. Remember, hear them, understand them, learn them, and then observe them. repeated. Yeah, it's very patient, which you'll see as a lot of these messages get repeated. Here's one from Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. Here, Shema, O Yisrael, Yahuwah, our Elohim, Yahuwah, one. You shall love Yahuwah, your Elohim, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words, which I command you today, shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, 
when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. It's a great passage. In fact, it had the word way right in there. But consider what it's telling us. It wants us to be diligently teaching this to our children. So yes, it's and and if we're doing these commandments, don't think it's uh, teaching is always done by um, words either. I mean, our children are watching us. Amen. Even the ones that aren't in our house, mm -hmm. they know what we're up to, and they'll ask questions, and you'll uh, you'll have opportunities to continue to diligently teach them. But he wants us to do it, whether sitting, standing, walking, lying down, even right before we go to bed. One first thing we're doing when we get up in the morning. So, and he also wants it to be in our hearts. And one more passage. This one coming from Psalm 49, one through three. Hear this, Shema, all people, give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall give understanding. You can see, um, not only, again, hear and reflect on these commandments, these teachings. This is whether we're rich or poor. It doesn't even matter to Yah. You could care less a hoot how much money you have and kind of mansion you're living in. Okay. He wants you to uh, study His Word yes, amen. and do what He says. Yes, now, He may be blessing you. You may have some of that. Uh, wealth, but um, praise you out for that. But more importantly, seek the heavenly treasures. Well, then another question I had: Will today's believers a cool? It says for uh, this comes in Acts. Now we're into the New Testament. Acts three twenty-two through twenty-three for Moses. Truly said unto the fathers, a prophet shall Yahuwah your Elohim raise up unto, unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him ye shall hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you, and it shall come to pass. That every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from any, from among the people. So that's their second witness. Remember we, we looked at that when I was in out of Deuteronomy. And now here in Acts one of the apostles speaking to the people and is reminding them that Deuteronomy, the passage from Deuteronomy was Moshe's words and the follow-up words are from the Messiah. You can maybe see that a little bit clearer here um, in John 6, 58-60. This is the bread that came down from heaven not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard Akuo, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand Akuo? That passage gives you both uh, definitions of that word Akuo, hearing and understanding. When you hear something and you understand something, it's to lead to doing. Now, also just think about that a little bit. His disciples were having trouble with what he was saying. So if there's times you feel that uh, you're, you're struggling with uh, the commandments of Yeshua or the commandments of the Father, I mean, there's... there's uh, 
And he understands we're not perfect, but he does want us to seek understanding and get wise and start following what he's teaching us. One more question for this group. Will today's disciples have softened hearts to hear and do Yah? It's an old message. came from Zechariah chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. Therefore say to them, Thus says Yahuwah Zavayot, Return to me, declares Yahuwah Zavayot, that I may return to you, says Yahuwah Zavayot. He wants you to know who's speaking this three times in there. Do not be like your fathers to whom the former prophets proclaimed, saying, Thus says Yahuwah Zavayot, Return now from your evil ways and from your evil deeds. But they did not listen or give heed to me, declares Yahuwah. How sad is that? He sent them prophets. He sent them Moshe. Send the prophets to get them back on, on track. So again, reading is a key. Let's go on to Zechariah. It tells us what happened to them. Zechariah 7, 11 through 12. But they refused to heed, shrugged their shoulders, stopped their ears so that they could not hear. Yes, they made their hearts like flint, refusing to hear the law, the Torah, and the word which Yahuwah Zavaot, sent by his spirit, his ruach, to the former prophets. This word's been around from the very beginning. It's going to Israel. Yeshua came to, to reveal a little bit more to fill it up. Make it understandable for us and to show us it could be done. He did it. We can too. Not easy, but we got each other to help. More than that, we've got Yeshua. We've got the Holy Spirit that He said He would send us to help us do that. So praise Yah. And give it up. I want to confirm for this group, there is a famine for the Word that's coming. Do not be uh, misled by uh, how you can get to the Word quickly on your, your internet uh, and... Uh, your phones, you carry it around with you, and you can thumb it up at any time. Um, in fact, it's kind of interesting. Today they did that test of the system. And one of the things that, uh, one of the purposes, they didn't tell you about it, is they want to know if, if everyone that's tuned in, they're getting that warning, well, then they have a way to shut them down, too. So all these electronic devices that... Uh, the radio stations, the TV stations, all the electronic medias, the government can shut down. So that word that you're carrying in your, your pocket can get shut down. So I'm, I'm advising you to make sure you uh, get some hard copies up in your house, up on your bookshelf. and But even more important, Obadiah t taught us, uh, uh, he had a great message where he says, if you're reading the Bible every day, it's getting into your head. And just keep rereading it. You know, we have these uh, approaches where we can read the Bible in a year. And uh, so I want to encourage you to stay on that. Because even if they take away our devices, 
even if they burn all our books, they burn our house down, you've got the word in your head. Have it into your heart. And carved right into your heart. Because you will get passages popping into your head. And, and that will, the Spirit will just move you. In fact, Scripture even tells us, you don't even have to worry what you're going to say. The Spirit's going to tell you what to say. So, but that doesn't happen unless you're reading the Word. I mean, it's, People, there's some people that think, wow, well, yeah, the Spirit's just going to blurt out of me. Uh, I don't know what Spirit's going to blurt out of them. It may not be a Holy Spirit, but they may have a Spirit blurting out of them. But uh, it's, uh, get the Word into you. Get it into your heart. Get it into your, you've got the best computer up here. You can call this computer all the time, your mind. Let me read Amos 8.11. Through twelve, behold, the days come, saith Yahuwah Elohim, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread. We saw what that bread is; that's the bread of life. Nor thirst for water. Disciples know water, counsel from Yah, but of hearing the words of Yahuwah. So yes, there could be physical famines of food, physical uh, droughts of water. He's talking about hearing the words of Yahuwah. That should set you back. It says, it goes on, and they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north to the even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of Yahuwah, and shall not find it. May there not be anyone in this group running to and fro looking for the word. I mean, let's take advantage of the time that we blessed us with. Take advantage of being out here in the surroundings. Get into that word, stay on that word, and, and keep reading it. What else can we do? Paul advised Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 2-4. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering. That's a great See, the spiritual fruit came up, long-suffering. A lot of long-suffering people in oh, here. Yeah. I always I, I find it easier to say patient, but <laughs> long-suffering is a cool is a cool spiritual fruit, and you're going to need more of that, especially when it, if it starts raining on you. If you all long-suffering and teaching. We're supposed to be teaching, teaching our family, especially our children. And those that are uh, ignorant of the word. There's a lot of darkness out in this world. We're called to be lights, children of lights, and share that word. There's all different kinds of ways of doing that. Notice none of them say swing your sword of the word. You know, you can talk convincingly, might even to a brother or a sister of the faith, rebuke them, say, hey, I'm not sure that's in Scripture. Can you show me where it's in Scripture? The way, you know, and, and then you have the dialogue. That's what what it's all about, you know. It's just uh, saying, hey, I don't understand that. And say, well, let the Word do the rebuking, too. And then say, well, it's not in the Word. Show me where it is. And encourage each other, exhort each other. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. It's the famine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. They're going to go out and get their own professors and doctors. They're going to become their teachers. And they're going to turn their ears away from truth. 
We know God's word is true. They're going to be turning aside the fables. We know who the creator of all those fables is. Yeah, let it be known in this group at that restaurant. So, I'm going to close here. It says, May those with ears hear. Jeremiah said it best in chapter 7, 23 through 26. But this command I gave them, obey my voice. Command he's getting from Yahuwah Elohim. I will be your Elohim, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the way. It's that word way again that I command you, that it may be well with you. But they did not obey or incline their ear, but walked in their own counsels, in the stubbornness of their evil hearts. And they went backward, not forward. From the day that your fathers came out of the land of Mitzrayim to this day, I have persistently sent all my servants, the prophets, to them, day after day. Yet they did not listen to me or incline their ear, but stiffened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. So talk about long-suffering. That's a beautiful picture of our Father. How much patience does He have? How much patience does He have with us? We can see a lot of crazy wickedness stuff going on in our world. Yet He's patient. He's saying, I'm, I'm calling out a remnant. I'm, I'm, there's some of my people out there. I'm going to make sure that they get underneath my covering. So get underneath Yah's covering by obeying what He says. Climbing your ear and listening. Do not stiffen your neck. See, that isn't how we used to do it in the old day. Hallelujah. That definitely isn't. New Testament. Second uh, witness. Hebrews 3, 7 through 10. Wherefore, as Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your heart, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your father's tempted me and proved me and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart. They have not known my way. Let's learn the way. So my closing prayer is uh, that we hear. That this room hear all of Yah's people, his children, hear. Isaiah has a great passage for us to, to close with. Why do you spend your money for what is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me. Eat what is good. Let your soul delight itself in abundance. Climb your ear. Come to me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. So I want to close by thanking the Abba Father for sending His Son and our Messiah, Redeemer and King, to explain Elohim's commandments. May we all be faithful witnesses. Pray we hear. May we be witnesses unto our families, friends, and neighbors. For indeed, now is the time for us to hear Yah's word and do Yah's will. So don't be afraid to ask your questions, either here in this setting or ask them of Yah. If you're reading that word, I guarantee you he's going to answer your question. Hallelujah.
questions? Missed that one. That one. Question was, what was the verse from Isaiah? It's Isaiah 55, 2 through 3. I like those easy questions. <laughs> Thank you, Panthea. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions? Okay, I have a question. Okay, here, here we go. Hang on, let's get your, so everyone can hear online. Okay, so I know we're. Uh, okay, I know we're to uh, to uh, keep by. You say, uh, by Israel. Shammai. Okay, okay. We understand. Hallelujah. So, Yah wants us to hear everything that he's saying. Is that correct? Okay, so yes. when, we're, uh, when we're watching things that we should not through our eye gate and we're listening to things that we should not through our ear gate and we're trying to keep Yah's will how does that affect us when we're doing not what we should, yet we want to stay on that path? How does he help us? Well, I think he's helping you because he did tell you to hear. You already, the way you phrased that question was kind of interesting. You said you were doing something you know you're not supposed to be something. doing. When you're looking at... Yeah, you're you're listening to yeah. something, or you're watching a, a, a TV show, and and, and you know the, the, what I've always found: those media's, whether it's radio or TV, are very distracting from Yah. They're overpowering, actually, and they 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 try and get into your brain and almost like brainwash you. So what's what? It really is a battle between what Yah is trying to teach and what the world's trying to teach. And we know who's in uh, who's backing the world teachers. That's the adversary. So he's, he's got his own agenda. So he's trying to move us away. So that's why I'm, the more you stay when you're sleeping, when you get up first thing in the morning, get right into that word. Get into what Yah is teaching you. And, and whether that's studying YouTube videos about Yah's teaching. You know, if you're, if, if you're on um, something that's of Yah, and if, even if it's a little bit, maybe not 100% correct, Yah has a way of correcting that, being very gentle. But if you're going off and following some other path, at least with me, he whacks me pretty good. Something will happen, and I don't like the feeling. And he kind of does it, you know, if I'm, I'm on that path, and I'm going down, and if I wobble off and get into the, the soft ground, I can start getting stuck, things aren't happening, I'm going, what's going on, Yah? And then he'll, he'll like, tell me, oh, didn't do this. He'll, he'll let me know what I, where I deviated. So develop that kind of relationship with Yah. But you gotta, you gotta quit getting distracted by all that other stuff. Okay, one last final question. As believers, how do we truly know when we're hearing directly from Yah and the enemy has not filtrated it where it sounds like Yah and we think it's Yah and then it turns out out to be him how do we know his voice i know you say uh we have to uh, stay in prayer and stuff like that but still the enemy can sneak in and make you think you're listening to god to yeah so how great question sis and in fact uh, you're at a great point 
Satan can dress himself up like an angel of light. He is very good. He's very deceptive. So these these uh, teachings can be not of Yah. These messages might not be of Yah. So that's why we go into the Word. So you're to reading your Word in spirit and in truth. I say get it out of the Word. Get, get a double witness. You and Once you start knowing the Word, you should start thinking to yourself, oh man, something's not right about that teaching. I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't seem to line up. I remember reading something. And then you say, yeah, help me find that in your Word. Okay. He's done it for me. I, I Where I'm going, we'll find it in Scripture. And not just close. I'm telling you, I can give you testimonies where I've closed the book. I'll go like that, and I looked at it, and Yah has moved me right to where the Word says, "Don't follow that." Okay. So, trust Yah. I mean, but it's spirit and in truth, and and the key thing is the truth. Find a double witness. Any other pantheon? And just to see me back on that. Yep. If you can't find it, ask someone. There's one. Simply ask someone. Ask someone who should know. Excellent. Oh, Panthea. Panthea. Hold on. I just had something to say. It's, it's pertaining to the lesson and what Asa, uh, we studied this morning. And I'd like to apologize to Asa and to Joshua about how I didn't handle the situation of the uh, cleaning of the, the stalls as Yahuwah would have as an example. So I'd just like to apologize, Joshua, to you and to your office. No worries. Someone else? Any other questions? If not, we'll close out, get some praise on. We're gonna take a um, short break. Um, come back at the sound of the show fire, and uh, we'll see if we can see some um, words to get our praise on. <laughs> Amen. Exposed to everything else. Yeah. So, and then I did it again right before I came here. I tell Eliana, I said, God is really blessing you. Giving you a 